Deer plugged in. You in on this? Toyota's versatile SUVs roll up their sleeves and take on tough jobs, dress up for a night out, or haul your family and friends with their spacious interiors. And they're available with some real sweet tech. Want a hybrid SUV? Oh yeah, they got those too. All with a slew of standard features so you won't break the bank. Get the juice at Toyota.com, folks. Visit your front-range Toyota stores today. Toyota, let's go places. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello, everybody, to the Serbian Corner show where a couple of Serbians talk about Nuggets. Uh, We're on the DMVR YouTube channel and the DMVR Nuggets podcast feed. My name is Voya. Hello, everybody. Uh, With me today is uh, Miroslav, as usual. What's up, my man? Happy, <laughs> Happy New Year! Happy New Serbian Year! We talked about the Julian calendar last week, and in fact, today is January 1st. According <laughs> to that calendar, I, I think it's a bit of a wacky kind of a, a, a holiday because you know it's <laughs> it's it's not a ch- really a church holiday. But anyway, many people in Serbia are celebrating New Year today as well. So, Happy New Year to everybody who is celebrating. Yeah, how are you doing? How was how was your I guess January first in the old calendar, and how was the how you feel after the game last night? Uh, well, after last night's game, I felt great. I didn't feel <laughs> as great after that Clippers game, but we'll get into that. Yeah, we'll get to that. So, so what this show is is usually about? We're a weekly recap of Nuggets basketball. It's like what happened in the entire week. A quick takeaways, some main themes, disagreements if we have any. And everything else along the slate. So we'll get into our um, usual start with our Rakia shots. Uh, so usually, as I say, it's the national alcoholic drink of Serbia uh, taken before dinner uh, to make a toast. So what this segment will be is a quick headline, something that really drew our attention this week uh, and made like a really quick impression and strong impression because it's a very strong drink. So let's start off, Miroslav. What are you toasting to this week? Well, the DRVR audience is used to me making epic rants about the Nuggets, so I'm <laughs> going to do a space opera angle today and give my Rocky of the Week a name, A New Hope. Now, I could have taken a different approach with, let's say, Marvel superhero movies, but since I don't want to be kicked out of the program by Ada <laughs> for two shows in a row, I'm choosing the Star Wars comp, as even Mares probably saw those ones as a kid. So... Uh, our New Hope saga starts here with R2-D2, and that's the returning Marcus Howard, and C-3PO coming to Tatooine to try and find the wise old man, Obi-Wan Kenobi. That's Jeff Green, uh, who we will be speaking about a lot in this, in this show, to come and help the rebels fight against the evil empire. Little did they know, a young Skywalker, that's Jamal Murray, is ready to leave the space farming of injury recovery, take his X-Wing, also known as a Blue Arrow, and go straight to the Death Star space station, a planet killer. 
but he won't be able to do that by himself. He'll need some help from Hans Solo, a superstar pilot who just got his bag and left, his, uh, left for four months to recover after surgery on his back. If Solo comes back on time and saves him from those awful TIE fighters, total success will be inevitable. Now, I know I somehow missed mentioning Nikola Jokic in this space opera. I guess he will have to be Princess Leia Organa now, but we'll workshop it more. <laughs> in all seriousness, we got the report from Mike Singer that the Nuggets are not ruling out the return of Michael Porter Jr. this season. We already got our boy Marcus back so much sooner than we expected, really. And Jamal should be back in six weeks or so. And we started the six-game homestand the right way, beating the crap out of lousy and short-handed tra trailblazers. <laughs> trailblazers, sorry. It looks like it's going to be a race for the fifth seed with the Mavericks to the very end. And hopefully the Nuggets will have the upper hand in that race so they could temper at the very end and choose if they want to play the Jazz or the Grizzlies in the first round. Right now, I don't want to play either of them, but with the cavalry that, cavalry that might be around the corner, things could change for the better very soon. Voya, <laughs> do you share my not-so-long-term optimism? Um, I, I do. I mean, nothing... Well, first off, nothing better than uh, to kick off a homestand and beating the stormtroopers that are uh, Portland trail, trailblazers that couldn't hit anything last night. Um, so that's, that was really great. And obviously seeing, uh, guys back, Jermichael obviously was out, but, uh, you know, but hopefully it's not, the uh, protocols or anything serious. But yeah. I mean, I, I love it. I mean, we got, we got Zeke back and you know, Barton was back after protocols, which we, you know, we saw against the Clippers that we, we missed him. So it is, I mean, it's cool. Like, well, you know, a new hope and my boy, my boy, Mike, Marcus Howard's back. Hopefully he'll, um, he'll hit some big shots like he did before he got hurt. So we'll see. I mean, I don't know. You saw the pregame warm-ups with, with Jamal and, and MPJ. I really do hope they're close by. Like, I was surprised. I mean, for MPJ, I'm shocked that he's even on the court after such a – I mean, was it December he got the surgery? So, you know, thank uh, good Lord, the modern medicine is, is doing its thing. So, yeah, I mean, it's great. I don't know what, what, what kind of – who is the guy that really um, – is, is hyping you up to get back besides Jamal Murray because that's like a given. Well, the, the thing about it is when you get somebody so much sooner than you hope for, then your brain goes to different places and I'm I'm thinking like, well, what if they just cheated us and, and they give us Jamal on February 1st or something crazy like that, you know, or if, if we get Porter on, uh, you know, four months flat, from the from the operation that would be that would be insane but i remember dr bilaji i think i i pronounced his uh, last name properly on on adam's show said that that's it the four months is the recovery period from this kind of operation the only thing we thought on top of that was you know if it's a third uh, third operation on the back that they might take a super uh, extra careful approach in uh, bringing him back. But, you know, in, in reality, you really only need four months to get back from that kind of operation. And uh, the operation was a great success because Porter was relieved of pain on day one after the operation. He feels well, so they have actually to, to restrain him from jumping right now because he feels <laughs> like he can do it. So... Uh, 
which is yeah, I'm, I'm quite i'm quite optimistic i'm quite optimistic about the old three of them actually so um, yeah, call, call I mean, me a drunken serbian <laughs> yeah we, we we see the chat we uh they're t- telling us to take the shots next time i promise when i get to lincoln i will i'm still in the uh in the protocol so when i get to the states then then rocket comes out um but yeah like i mean you, you said i'm i'm more cautiously optimistic i really am hoping jamal to get back but also the season's kind of on and off with the wins and just how the rhythm is going. I really don't want him to come back too soon and just ruin, ruin like the prospect of the next season. So just take their time. We're not doing as, as badly as, uh, as it seems at, at certain points, um, you know, other teams are doing you know terribly as well. So um, this, as far as I'm concerned, my, my quick, quick shot of the week is the, the Austin rivers game uh, is, you know, multiple reasons. Like I'm just one of those Rockies that like you don't expect to like, uh, when you see it in a bottle or you see like the, like, you know, when someone says, you know, suggests it to you, you're like, ah, I don't know. I'm not, so, not so sure. And you try it and you're like, Oh wow, this was insane. So when Austin Rivers was supposed to sign for the Nuggets, I was against it completely. Like he's, you know, he's a Duke guy, you know, top pick, like he was jumping around, like he lost his spot at the Knicks to a rookie. Oddly look, you know, a rookie that, that very uh, reminds us of, at least me, Bones reminds me of quickly. Uh, and it was kind of funny just like this year if Austin was going to lose his spot again like that. But just to get back to, uh, you know, I wasn't very, uh, very optimistic with him signing just for the chemistry standpoint. Like, is this we've seen like NBA locker rooms really like crumple under under the cer- certain circumstances of some players coming in. And when he came here, I was, you know, it was like a 180 completely. Like as soon as he spoke in one of the pressers, one of the first pressers. So seeing him like after that Portland series like taking a swing you know swinging one of the games that was very important and then starting the season kind of and like he didn't really have a a, a signature vet- veteran game like a lot of guys had before so this was like a very well, I know it's okay seeing everything but just hitting some clutch shots in a game that's really close scoring 22 points you know six of nine for three like it was really cool to see and just kind of it's kind of kind of deserved it by this point like to me at least just how he was handling himself and just becoming like integral part of the like the leadership of the Nuggets, and you know he's he's one of the guys that like really popular around the league in a way like that not a lot of guys are. Like he's goes to these podcasts, he's social media present. So him having him as an ambassador was kind of cool to to see that last year and and even this year. So I love that he was great. I mean, obviously his plus minus was zero. Like you know statistically maybe doesn't show it, but. I think he was in spots like when, when the game was breaking open, he had some really big, like his, you know, jab steps, uh, shots that, you know, sometimes can drive you nuts because he can record scratch the play. But in this specific game, I really loved just the, the decisiveness that he had and showed. Um, and I, you know, it was kind of well, well deserved. And then unfortunately he had that allergic reaction, then a bad game against the Clippers, which I, I th- still think he shouldn't have played. Uh, after that scary night that he had, I don't think he was should have been allowed even to step out there, like just mentally to be in it. Because again, you, when what did he go like zero of six? Um, so, but that's what I mean. Like I'm, that's why I'm highlighting this OKC game. And then last night he was fine. But those are the blowouts that veterans usually don't shine as much because they don't really care. Uh, I, I that's my belief. So, but what do you think? What do you uh, what do you think about Austin this week? You have any takeaways? Yeah, he was he was great. And the thing about Austin, he's a real hooper, man. He when he starts going, it's he's really good. He's not that great, you know, off the dribble as he thinks he is. So he needs to hit a couple of threes before he can start uh, 
going straight to the basket where he has some real good moves, but he needs that half a step advantage to 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 do it properly. And yeah. he's a really, really streaky shooter. He 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 will miss like 10, 10 open threes in a row, but then you will get this kind of game which where he goes like six of nine or something like that for the three. And that of course opens everything and and uh, this is why we had such a great game from him. Yeah, and, and obviously on the defensive end, I really love this effort. It's one of also the things that I wasn't expecting, um, especially after like PJ Dozier got hurt. Austin Rivers had to take over a lot of those responsibilities, and it's it's crazy as a guy that was you know, that was in college, like a primary ball handler, handler, an offensive guy, just to accept the defensive role to that level and actually take you know, you know take over the some of the main assignments in that second unit and just going you know. Taking basically, he's a three sometimes when they play that second unit with Faku and Bones uh, with him. So that was pretty interesting to see a veteran uh, adapt that much without any, any like, um, you know, negging you know, or, or like disagreements on the other end. Like, it could have easily been, been a, been a, <laughs> been a dick about it and just not play as hard as he is, especially when he's not getting the ball to the point where like some guys in this, you know, this team are. Um, so, Again, like really, really cool, and wanted to highlight his his week, and I think it was really good to the you know to the degree of what a role player can have a good week. Like you know, twenty two points in a game is really cool, and then rest of it is just not messing up too much in in the other minutes that Jokic is not on the court, and then just meshing with him as much as you can. So, yeah, that's that's our that were our, you know. Do we have any more shots that we want to take? If, did you see anything? Any other good comments and um, from the guys in the crowd and girls? Um, uh, yeah, well, well, they're mostly spot on. I mean, Ray said that that Austin is really talented, but he sometimes played with a with a style that isn't appropriate for this level of play. <laughs> yeah. And I have to say, that's partly true because it might be actually appropriate for a different kind of offense, yeah, maybe, yeah. the egalitarian kind of offense that that nuggets are trying to play that's that's not the best way to do it but yeah, yeah. yeah. and and colonel uh Salih said think austin is an emotional player on the court yeah i love that too like he got into it with with uh, marcus morris we kind of need that you know those are the guys that you know not the maybe not the enforcer quote-unquote like you know Kenyon martin used to be or some of the big guys from from old uh nba but some you know really someone that's gonna show the backbone and and I think he and he and Monte can kind of become that nice like you know quote you know quote dog duo uh, that'll get into people's uh, faces you know if necessary so those were good comments thank you guys and you know Adam said in the in the uh, chat just keep it to English uh, I know you wanna wanna joke around with us but let's let's have everyone involved in the joke because we have some guys from the states. Um, now we're going to go into now the, the best thing of the week, our like main topics. Uh, we call those Burek of the week. It's the, the nice juicy pastry that our man uh, Nikola Jokic used to eat a lot when he was younger. So that's what we'll, you know, we'll take apart some of the juiciest storylines, maybe some happenings uh, in the week of, the, of Nuggets basketball. Um, and then we'll talk about it some more. It's, a, it's our high calorie intake. Uh, after our Rakia shots uh, that we that we just had, so why don't you start us off, Miro? What's your break? What are you eating this week? Well, this week Nuggets played three really bad teams and went two and one, 
So there is not so many things to be really excited about. You know, they should have gone three and zero, and then I would be really hyped about that. But there is another thing I always get excited about, and that's the the player movement. Because for some strange reason, I just love to see the trades. I love to see guys going up and down on the uh, on the rosters. And we had a lot of player movement this week. So everything started with Ball Ball being baited to Detroit for Rodney McGruder in the late second round pick from the Nets. But that trade was cancelled, was rescinded after Ball didn't pass the Pistons medicals. A very unusual situation, a very awkward for both the Nuggets and for Ball, who might get a bad reputation health-wise, which really sucks. I'm really sad this thing didn't go through because it was good for all parties, including yeah. the, the Pistons. And now I don't see how the how he will log a single minute until the end of this season. And that could jeopardize his NBA career completely. What yeah. do you think, why about yeah, about it's, Ball's it's situation? Weird. I now? mean, we, we said many times Ball is uh, is pain in Serbian. Uh, it, it really was a painful situation, especially learning that you know Matijunas, uh, um, the player that is in uh, Monaco now in France for the Euroleague team, he was you know a longtime NBA player from Lithuania. He kind of sounded off that his trade was also. Um, vetoed by the Pistons because of the physical, and he finished the season in Houston that year, no problem. So that's kind of. And then I think he, it was a Keith Smith that had a tweet that like three of the last five uh, vetoed trades were were all in the Pistons and all because of the physical. So kind of, they're. I mean, honestly, I think they're the ones that get a better reputation more than more than Nuggets about it. You know, Bobo's health. Um, well, just you know, uh, health of the players and just to, how to do business with them, I guess. As far as Bobo, I really don't know how to get back from this. Like at this point, I feel like Nuggets should just take the loss and, and, and cut him and just, you know, it is what it is with him. You know, it all kind of, you know, went off on the wrong foot. You know, his maybe he went off on the, his broken foot um, when they drafted him. And, you know, he's talented, but I really, I've never, I don't know about you, I've never seen him as an NBA player. Honestly, like no matter how much of that, like seven three dribbling and like shooting and all that stuff is fine. I, with that height, you you're not playing pickup ball where there's no defense and and like you can just play at the perimeter that like loosely. Um, so I never saw that as a as a chip that Nuggets had. Like I, we would talk, we would talk about on our Nuggets Serbia podcast about uh, the the players that we get excited about. I don't think we ever mentioned the ball as one of them and just like uh, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. it was my my situation so I don't see him uh you know going seeing any minutes and being any country you know big contribution to to this team like what do you I mean as far as your like verdict on him what do you think like do you like him do you don't well uh, for me uh, ball ball was always a unicorn and I mean a literal unicorn so something <laughs> that doesn't really exist it was always it was really really strange to me. So not a basketball uniform unicorn, but a real unicorn. It's it's just that how can that that be possible? I mean, he's so slim, and I and I have this this perspective of him. He looked to me like he was getting thinner and thinner each year. Like like he was even thinner in year three than he was in year one, which which is probably not true, but but still, I just didn't see any any progress in, in that side. Nuggets gave him uh, gave him that contract to to show they yeah. believed in him, and that's unfortunately biting biting them in the ass right now. But 
who knows? He might he might get cut and still get signed by somebody else. I mean, you know, if somebody yeah, well, I think he will anything, think he gets, yeah, anything yeah. for him, maybe somebody will be willing to sign him on a two-way contract, something like that. Go back to that kind of uh, that kind of treatment. I don't know. I I think it would be for the best if he would go to China or or maybe go to 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 some other uh, less less uh, stressful place and just play ball because he really is talented. I I just don't think he he will ever have the physicality of and being able to to play on this kind of level. Yeah, I agree. Like it, you know, his. I think if they cut him, if they wave him, I think someone will pick him up. As you said, like now with all the hardship exemptions, like he can, um, he can probably get a get a ten day, get a two way. Like pretty sure. Honestly, I mean, it, you know, <laughs> it would be funny just to get on the uh, Grand Rapids Gold if he ends up getting cut. That would be like one of the hilarious parts. Um, Ray said, like he doesn't think both challenges in terms of finding a role in Denver are unique. You know, to the extent it could be said that he didn't try hard enough. Like the Vladko also hasn't gotten much run here. I, I think with Vladko is, I mean, I think they're two different players. Just as the 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 effort and I think the fundamentals that they they have as a as basketball players. Um, and I think Vladko had a you know you know kind of like you know not to say like really a misfortune, but like Milsap was here for the longest time and he's. Very, you know, he was a very sound player that just ate up a lot of minutes on that position. And then you would have like Jeremy Grant, and then you had uh, uh, Jermichael Green. So those kind of like, and they're bigger than Watko, and they're doing kind of similar things of like low, low mistakes, you know, dependable guys. But again, when you have a couple of guys that are bigger doing similar things and better, you know, those things but a little bit better, he's not going to have a role. So as far as why I'm not on, on like thinking, you know, physically again. He would should be bigger, I guess, for the for the bigger uh, positions that he playing that he's playing. But again, even even without that, even for saying he's going to be a wing, like the mistakes that he makes, like I can, you know, I can't believe how many traveling calls that he had, or like stepping on the sideline in just a few rotation minutes that he had under Popeye Jones this last week. Uh, so that's kind of the stuff, like you know, in the NBA, like that that stuff shouldn't be happening. Uh, they're calling it for travel that much, even in the NBA, that doesn't really call traveling on a on a first step at all, anyway. And you get like five calls in a week. Um, that that's why I'm like one of those those things. And then again, with the effort plays this year, we've seen that I I, do, I just didn't see him in the Nuggets, especially with Malone, how he is with with effort, and he you know he bench bones this week, like that you know that's the stuff that he kind of values. So I'm not surprised that. That they want to trade him, and and I, I really don't think he's going to have a role. So we, I think we can move on. Like we, we had, was it, yeah, uh, sure, sure. Yeah. Davon Reed, Davon Reed is, Davon is, Reed. is next. I, I, yeah, I approve. Like when this is kind of the you know the segment we're called basically the who's a Jokic guy, and you know Bull Bull definitely I don't see him even though they had some good plays yeah. with Davon Reed. I really do think he is, even though he has some ironing out to do, especially with some of the plays that Adam showed in his list and notebook episodes, just of figuring out the right moments to like be aggressive and, and to defer. Uh, but I still think his aggressiveness is useful in, to this team and, and just how quickly he decides uh, to pass the ball and like react on that court. I, you know, from when he, as soon as he stepped on the court, I was like, this is kind of the Tory Craig situation. But like if Tory Craig was a Jokic player, just quickly picking up the plays and, and trying on defense and, uh, not messing up too much either. So um, I really love that deal. Like, um, you know, sad that Peter 
Cornelly got fired on like the day he got sick and didn't even get a chance. Hold that thought. Hold that yeah, thought. Yeah, okay, yeah. so this is the last time we are talking about Peter Cornelly. So huh. it is really important for me to pronounce his name properly. Okay. So his name is Peter. His mother is a former basketball player from Czech Republic, Pavla okay. Simgudova. And she gave me gave him a Czech first name. And I actually know a Petr, a different Petr. And this is why I'm so confident in his name pronunciation. But 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 kidding aside, I'm I'm really glad that Damon Reed got that two-way contract for the rest of the season. Yeah. So uh, so he will he will most probably stick with the team until the end. And uh, he was having some low-key, really great performances in a very, very small row. So yeah. he is averaging a huge number of rebounds per 36 minutes that are <laughs> Jokic-like, really, like like 14 uh, rebounds per 36 minutes. He very rarely turns the ball over, even though he usually passes the ball when he, it gets to him. And I agree with you, there were some situations when he was out of character and taking some bad shots. But I don't think that was too concerning. Yeah, especially either, yeah. If you totally. if you if you just scale down his his minutes to like eight minutes per game, that would be completely fine. I, I I'm not afraid of Davon Reed. I'm I'm really glad they kept on to him. Yeah, I think he would have been signed instantly after a few games that he had, uh, you know, in the Nuggets uniform, and he was starting when when Barton was was out with. I think it was that was injury, not it was the illness, not the not the, not COVID or not the protocols. So I really loved what he did, and especially with with kind of a that's kind of interesting with Monte as his backcourt partner sometimes in, in those lineups with Jokic. I've really liked it. He didn't have a lot of responsibility, to, you know, to be anything more than what you know, just to make quick decisions, shoot when he's open, and play defense. Especially with Monte and you know, and the point of attack defense has been kind of an issue this year at, at certain times. So with him there, I think it's a good pairing. Um, so yeah, that was a really cool, cool moment to see him. Just you know, and then finally to sign someone from from our G League uh, to get him. You know, the guys are being getting plucked off into other teams. Like Lance is playing great in, in Indiana, but I think that's the his Indiana magic. Like I don't think he would have played that well uh, for the Nuggets. And, and you know, we have Stauskas was back, I think, and he was back and forth. Um, so that was the two way deal was really cool. Um, well, so we had James Ennis, right? That, that was this week as well. Yeah, he he was signed to a ten-day health and safety hardship deal or whatever it is called. Yeah, we only saw him for four minutes against the Clippers, and those were a disaster. But I don't want to give any takes on him after two hundred and forty seconds of playtime. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. He 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 used to be a quite a good shooter, and he's also a defensive guy. But I have no idea. What he looks like uh, looks like now, and I don't know if we will uh, actually see him. Maybe, yeah, maybe, but, back, yeah. but everybody's back. back, so it's possible that that ten day contract will just go away. And I still, I still kind of want to see him. Just since they already signed him, I don't think I know the wins are important now, but we've kind of seen just hovering around five hundred for now. They really, they don't really have to push it that much, especially if they have a game like yesterday. Uh, they, if they had some separation and stuff, it's not. It might not be that d- terrible to put someone at like when you're up 25 to put someone that wants to prove something in the game, and so it doesn't. You know, so the other te- you know the other guys don't get relaxed, um, and you know allow the Clipper meltdown. Um, and he, with him, like he was, I think he was really good in the bubble. I think I remember following you know because that was everyone was in lockdown then, so you would watch like 
every game, every every single day. And he was really decent. That's like the James Ennis the third, right? Like that's his full. Yeah. Um, he was starting for them, I think, and you know, even off the bench, like he was pretty decent. They had that one, you know, that the playoff run, that one round. Um, yeah, so that I, yeah, I was really just want to see him. Like, it, I don't have any like really big opinions. Just wings play defense. Like, I, I you know, see what we what we can use from that kind of guy. Like, I don't think they can sign him more than this probably since everyone's back and Bowl is back. Um, we didn't get Rodney Magruder. We didn't get to see him, even though that was a weird, I mean, that was like a weird situation. He was practicing with the squad, and then and then he was, you know, oh, okay, go back to Detroit. So that was that was really odd. And um, let's do the 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 meaty the meaty question now, since we're talking about the Jokic guys. And this is like the biggest biggest question mark, and for me, at least, kind of a little bit of a worry uh, in this kind of fragile uh, homestand that we're having. The the Marcus Cousins potential signing like they're still talking to him i don't know now with with the trade like if they still have the hardship i think they still do because there's like five guys that were out and Mar- uh, marcus Howard was sent to the g league so the marcus cousins 10 day yes or no <laughs> well you know if you look historically the cousins used to be a good stats bad team guy like carl anthony towns and you know i have respect for for cat but uh, uh, he needed to go away from from Sacramento for them to to take a really really small step forward, not a really big one, because they still didn't see the playoff even even since. But then he had that uh, half a season in New Orleans when they looked pretty good, him and Anthony Davis together, and then he got injured, and then he he went to to Golden State to be an asshole over there. And then he went to to the Lakers and so on this year in the Bucks. I have no idea what he is right now, but I think as a player, he should fit just fine with the Nuggets because they can even imitate some of the plays they do with Nikola Jokic because the Marcos is quite a good of a passer, one of the best in in last 20 years from center position. The main question here is, is, is he willing to play for the team or does he want to to push for his stats so he can recommend himself himself to yeah. another team? That's that's the big difference. I don't think I don't think he can afford not being a nice guy in the locker room. <laughs> he needs to be he needs to be aware of where he is right now at his his career and uh, and hopefully hopefully who knows we might get the Austin Rivers again. With the markets, that would I mean, be that, actually the yeah. best case scenario. That that's that would be the the biggest uh, the biggest test for or like the biggest uh, medal for the culture in the locker room of the of the Nuggets if Demarcus Cousins comes in and he ends up somehow staying on the roster for the entire season like Austin Rivers did. And um, I mean, yeah, what Ray said, like with you know Marcus uh, Demarcus. Uh, providing the much needed personality and value in a limited role. I like, so the basketball part for me is like, I think he can work and to a point, you know, Plumlee was, was like the mini yoke in a way of just running, as you said, running the same plays. Like he can kind of, he wasn't, you know, as dumb as, as some people would think. Um, I think he was a decent basketball player and, and like just a you know, fine backup for Jokic, even you know, more than fine. One of the best there is, but just, 
used in, in you know different you know those ways that, that fit the Nuggets at that point. I think Demarcus could fit that. He has like a you know stretching ability, stretch you know stretching the court ability. Um, I, I just don't like the personality is like always like a big question mark. He you know for him it wasn't fair like how the Sacramento thing shook out and he went and was really playing well with uh, Davis. But um, this season, as I said before, like it's called up and down. Like at this point, just run with it. Like I don't care. Just get Demarcus. No, no, I don't care. Like just get Demarcus Cousins and put him with Jokic in minutes. Just see what what the hell happens. Like who knows? You know him. He and Davis used to play well together in New Orleans. Um, we might get some interesting. At least get a few interesting games. Um, maybe like he realizes some of his value. Like. You know, maybe he picks up from Jokic like the the calm demeanor and just how he is as a as a guy, and like figures out that like you don't have to be boisterous and and, and vociferous on the court as much uh, that you can use your energy better. Because with him, it was always that way. Like he was such a phenomenal talent, and like even production wise, sometimes it was really good. But then he would waste a lot of his energy on like other things and unnecessary things. And you know, you had the moment with you know searching for Jokic and all that. Uh, bullshit that he can that he does and jd said in the, in the comments let's let's have him uh against the lakers like go get up against uh, uh howard like that would be really fun at least to see at least for that just sign him but uh, as a Jokic guy not not right now like what he showed before he doesn't seem like he is especially bucks didn't keep him that kind of is like a another like weird like little not a red flag but like a yellow flag of that team could have, you know, with Brooke Lopez out for a while, was out for a while, like they could have used some new body to do the similar things. And Giannis is such a Jokic guy that it was weird that he didn't stay as long. Maybe he wanted a bigger role, who knows? Uh, so I really want to see what happens. And the, the negotiations is I'm just hoping that they're signing, you know, that they're waiting to sign him to a right moment so they can use the 10 days best, that it's not like he he is putting out his demands to come on the team and his, like, um, conditions that wants to come on a team and like what he wants to do so uh we'll see i mean what do you what do you think um besides i guess what what, what we can see from him on the court like what if he plays with Jokic? what do you think like how that what might look like would Jokic go on a four like something that the Serbians hates hate hearing from the world cup or would you want to stretch out Mar- demarcus cousins and let Jokic do his thing in the low post like what do you think well, it's difficult because we haven't seen it seen that since Plumlee left the Nuggets, yeah. uh, having two two fives uh, in the in the lineup. But uh, I I would like to see Demarcus being part of the rotation because that would make the Nuggets much bigger than what they are right now. Yeah. I like them playing big. I like the three three really big guys in the starting lineup. I don't. I hate playing three small guys. In the in the you know reserve guys, and I would like to see all of the two the Dos Verdes, the the Jokic, Cousins, and Aaron Gordon. That's five big guys playing f- playing all the minutes at three, four, and five. I would like to see that. I'm not sure it would be uh, sustainable for every kind of game. But if you remember those bubble Lakers, they were just crushing everybody with size. Nobody. No, they didn't try to to go smaller, to to try to to uh, to play against another team and adjust to their pace. Nuggets are a good team; 
they shouldn't be adjusting to bad teams, especially. Of course, there are some teams. There is like probably 10 teams that are better than the Nuggets right now. So I can see the reason for adjustments there. But we've seen some situations where Nuggets went small to try to compensate to what the, what the Nuggets uh, was showing. Now we, we see the Harrison Wind tweet. The Marcus Cousins signing is still happening. Okay. Just so a question a, of when it's executed. So it's not a That's move fine. That's fine. About. Okay. <laughs> the, the, this is maybe maybe that that that's fine. It's fine meme with the flames behind, but we'll see. Let's go for the yeah, best. I, I really don't. I really I'm don't excited. Think. I'm excited. I really. I really. I really don't think that. I think at this point the locker room is really strong, which again this season really proves it to me. Like the fact that you know even after the win last night and Zeke's getting the defensive player of the game chain, and they're all excited. And the game before with, you know, and in the Austin Rivers uh, against the against OKC, like it doesn't even even though they're up and down and they're blowing these leads and they're like really it's a weird thing right right they were like outscored in the second half in the last like 16 or 17 games until last night um that kind of stuff is and they, they can break a team and they don't seem to be broken and i think it's because of what how Jokic is the demeanor that he has that he you know the press conference after the game when he was like oh if they like me they like me if they don't they don't it's it's all it's fine to me and you know then joking with the sexy thing with with malone that kind of stuff it just tells me that no matter what kind, of, what type of dude Demarcus Cousins would be, I don't think he would he would be able to rattle this uh, this locker room. I think they're tight enough that he would just bounce off of them if he's if he was any if he was negative instead of actually penetrating and, and you know one rotten apple spoiling the core. Because again, with Malone, he played some of the best like calm, I guess, basketball that he played. So it would be cool to just see him like rejuvenating. Like I, you know, it's a shame. Like he's one of the one of the most talented. Center, you know, center position guys ever, and like just to drop out of the league because of a few like bad, you know, bad breaks that he had. Um, it, you know, I wish, I wish we can, you know, get get some Nuggets culture magic in there and like make it better. Actually, him being a part of the Nuggets could uh, unlock one lineup that we haven't seen a single minute of this season, and that's Jokic with Dos Verdes together. And I know that's huge, and I know that seems clunky. But, you know, both of those guys should be, you know, the, the floor stretchers. And uh, they're both uh, very good Jokic players. They both cut really well. They both uh, are in sync with Jokic when they play together with him. So we spoke about in the previous months how the Dos Verdes lineup didn't work. Well, it didn't work because they didn't have Jokic. But if Jokic yeah. was handling both of them, I think that would actually work. I'm not sure about yeah. you know if it would work uh, on every game, but I would like to see that lineup as well. And it would be opened to that kind of uh situation of course. Yeah, especially in the guys are you know the guys are talking about in the chat like he's not a difference maker, he's a role player and stuff like that. Of course, like we're not saying yeah. like starting him and he's carrying you to the championship as a franchise guy. Just we're you know talking about the margins here and the guys that are coming in there just shore up this this roster. Why um, Miss Love reminded me in the comments. We talked about this in our other like Serbian talking show about some other trades and transactions that we might uh, we, we want to see. Um, I've suggested one one of the guy one of the friends of ours from Croatia that he basically said like Robin Lopez would be really cool on the Nuggets and I think he would be really like interesting Nuggets guy. And then I, and that's why I was throwing like a bowl 
Um, it may be a pick. I don't know what Orlando Magic would want, but like I would even be, uh, you know, fine sacrificing something like that to get Robin Lopez because he can actually like he knows the role and he he's fine with staying on the bench for a big stretch of the season and then coming in just doing his job. Um, I don't know if he wants to leave Orlando because of the Disney World, but uh, <laughs> that that's one of those like I just I, mean, I want to throw it in there, just like a, you know interesting things that we might want to look forward to. Um, you know, just trying to repackage bowl, I guess, uh, since Detroit negged it. Um, I want to go forward um, and, you know, continue with the topic of the, of, you know, Jokic guys, like my best thing of the week. Uh, it kind of picks up on this is, Je- you know, Jeff Green and how, he, how he's been playing this week. And then the fact that it's been 10 years since his surgery. I still remember, I, you know, I used to follow more like of the broad NBA at that point, more than just a specific team. And I was really excited to see him on the Celtics that year, and especially Nenad Kristic from Serbia was also traded with that package for Perkins. And then he had that surgery, and I was like, oh, he's done. Like, and he was such a good wing in OKC. And, um, and he's, he was talking about with Katie Wingy, with, uh, he was talking to uh, Mike Singer, a bunch of stuff, a bunch of interviews about this. Uh, and then also on the Woj pod uh, was really cool just to how, you know, how scared he was and, and how he had to go through that. And he, he it was funny just like how well he's playing the people forget that he had that surgery. And he's one of the guys that like, I, I was, I remember Utah cutting him. Um, and I was like, Oh, could we get him? And some of the guys in the discord were like, Oh, Jeff Green sucks. Like he was cut for a reason. Like if Utah can use him, you know, no one can. And then he goes in the rockets and, and then the, uh, and then the nets. And I, I love, I wish he stays and I wish he stays for like, as long as he's productive and he kind of wants to play. He was talking about wanting to play basically for like, you know, till he's 40 if he can I mean honestly how he looks I don't know if you can see him being 35 like he's more athletic than than you know now than Jokic is and was ever probably or like some, even some of the guys other guys on the squad like that's our high flyer like Gordon's been banged up since he got here like <laughs> Jeff Green's our you know, most athletic dude like what are, you, what are your thoughts on him this year and this week specifically? You, you actually have to look at his hairline to to confirm that he's yeah. actually 35. <laughs> he is amazing. All of those alley-oops, I was like, what? And then again, what? And what? Yeah. Like five, six dunks. Guys, like, you know, five, six dunks. I mean, if you, if you break down what happened in that game against the Timberwolves, yeah, there were 21 trees, but before all of those trees, there were so many dunks, oh, so yeah. many great, great possessions uh, against them. And I'm really impressed with how smart Jeff Green is. And he was actually this week uh, Nugget's second best player per 36 minutes. He was scoring yeah, almost the same number of points as Nikola Jokic this, uh, this week. Well, actually... Actually, Marcus Howard had like 41 points per 36 oh, okay. because he scored a three in two minutes. But joking aside, Jeff was really, really impressive this week. And I'm really impressed with the whole season from him. Yeah, he had some stinkers here and there, especially while he was playing with Jermichael in the second unit. But I'm really excited about him. The only thing I'm a bit scared from is he has some really bad numbers in four quarters for some strange reason, and we'll get to that in a, just a bit. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. but in, in terms of, is he a Jokic player? He damn sure he, he is. Yeah, I think he so. Too. I mean, I really don't. I really yeah. don't. Uh, I mean, not that I don't care that much, but, like, he he's a guy, like, 
in the fourth quarter, especially when Jamal comes back, like you don't, I'm not relying on him to yeah, sure. finish, yeah, finish up. Sure. Um, okay, so let's let's move on so we don't uh, go over too much. Uh, yeah, just great, you know, great story from him. Just look up Voj's pod, and he was uh, talking about Jokic a lot. And we're gonna go into uh, some of the worst things of the week. Now uh, it's our Euro take file, so you know it stops the fast break. It really sucks. Uh, you know, we everyone does it, and I hope they they you know take it out. So we'll you know if they take it out next year, we'll figure out a new segment. So um, what's uh, Mirza? What's your uh, worst thing of the week that you that you had? I think we talked about some clutch woes, especially against you know we saw the Clippers game. That was kind of iffy at the end. What do you what do you have for us? Yeah, I'm gonna be a, a bit hot takey here. Okay. My Euro take foul of the week is clutch minutes rotation and play calling. Okay. And not only this week, but for the whole season, really. We've seen a lot of proof in numbers that the Nuggets play much better in first halves than in the second halves of games. And before I get to the clutch decisions, let me set the stage a bit. Here's my theory. Nobody's really scouting anybody at this point of the season. Well, that's not completely true. There are scouting everybody, but there are so few in-person meetings between the games so the players are getting their film on their iPads or wherever. And very few of them know everything they need to know before the games. So Denver has the best offensive hub in the league in Nikola Jokic. So they are steamrolling everybody in first halves. But as the game goes on, the opponents start playing better with each timeout and after every end of quarter break. That's why I think the opponents are making better in-game adjustments than what Michael Malone does this season for the Nuggets. I've taken a look at the match against the Clippers, who were very short-handed and couldn't hit anything in the first half, especially everything changed when they started guarding the space in front of Jokic, making it very hard for the ball to get to him. That, in my opinion, called for more, more pick-and-roll game, or if Jokic was too gassed to do it, to exploit the simple fact that they can play four on three with Nikola hard doubled. This was seen twice against the Clippers, both in their third quarter in their, and also in their fourth quarter runs with Jokic on the court. It was really damning in the clutch when the lack of guard play was the most evident. Bledsoe and Reggie Jackson were exploiting, exploiting the Nuggets playing drop to take Jokic on an island and make some really impressive step, step back and sidestep threes. And on the other side, there were too few possessions where the ball would find Jokic with two or three guys on him, where he would, you know, so easily find Aaron Gordon each time for an easy layup. But it wasn't uh, enough possessions. And yes, I agree. It had to do with a lot of possession where Faku was controlling the ball, mm -hmm. where there was no need for that second guy in front of Jokic to sag off of him when he knows Faku is just going to pass the ball every time. And this is not me being low on Faku. It is not his fault that he was on the court for 17 straight minutes, including yeah. the clutch ones. Yeah. That's on Malone, not on Faku. Faku is a world-class player, and this team needs him, but his role really needs to change. Yeah. He, he played between 20 and 25 minutes per game in Real Madrid, guarding much less athletic players. Why would anyone push him to so many minutes in one stint in the NBA? Yeah. Faku is not supposed to be there for the final possessions. When the game slows down, every, every possession is a pick and roll between the two best players on the court or iso ball after the switch. 
but to change the rhythm of the game we needed. Also, not calling a timeout nine seconds out of the backcourt in the final possession wasn't a good idea. But I don't, I don't think that part was on Malone, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, that was a conversation. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more with the timeout. Ray had an interesting thought of if the guards are going to struggle in the clutch, maybe just give the ball to Jokic and, and run pick and rolls. I mean, that that could be, like, again, one of those, like, let's try this, who cares? Like, I don't know if they're saving this, uh, you know, for some of the you know possessions that are just, you know, kind of mixing it up for the playoffs because we saw, like, Jeff Green was great, uh, Aaron Gordon's great in pick and roll with Yoke, so maybe they're just not showing that, you know, showing the entire hand uh, hand of cards um, for the for the regular season. And then with the Mufako playing 17 minutes, I think that was, yeah, that was really bad. And that's kind of uh, one of those weird, like, different things. I went to a yearly game recently here live, and so I can just see more, like, it was more interesting to see just how the coaches operate and how the, you know, how the rotations go. And a lot in Europe, a lot more of the rotations are, based on the needs right now on the team because every game is more important. There's less of them. So by, you know, naturally it's just more important. So they would have like a situation of a guy playing up until like the four minute mark end of the fourth. And then in the NBA, like you would have your rotation fixed by that point, And that's the, the, the you know, the team you're going to end with unless there's fouls or injections or something. And then here, like you would have a, maybe like a two minutes, someone would come in and, and sub a guy out if you really see he's struggling. So like with Faku, he with with NBA like because it's such so many games and you have to have some kind of rhythm for every game and flow so the guys get used to it so you know their their bodies and you know rhythms get used to it with 17 minutes with them was too much I think it could have been pulled like even three minutes end of the game especially with because it was close and just put Jeff Green on like a fresh body in there um, so I agree there with like some of the Malone decisions have been. Been, been like bad recently but as we said last week like I don't think it's binary with him it's just you have to kind of take some bad with the good especially when he's dealt such a shitty hand uh this you know with the protocols this week especially the Barton's in Barton's out this guy's hurt this guy can't play uh and, and to be fair Faco has been the consistent thread with Jokic for the past two seasons uh as, as shocking as that might be like he's been probably the healthiest uh, healthiest guy knock on wood uh, on the team so yeah, I mean, that's that kind of um, – I agree with you. Like, just some of the execution could be better, but I think everything kind of cures uh, – you know, gets cured when Murray gets back because they, then they just have the equalizer and everything. Everyone else kind of falls into their own roles in the in the finishing uh, minutes of the game. Yeah, but that's the thing. If you have two elite pick-and-roll players, you don't need to coach them. You just yeah, exactly. need to ball well, yeah, to them. Yeah. And, and uh, this is the point – where it is up to the coach to try to find something special, something different in the crunch time and try to to make them be more than a very, very mediocre uh, yeah. crunch time team. If we look uh, at their clutch numbers for this whole season, meaning uh, only the games where the result was within five points in the last five minutes, the Nuggets were only six and seven, uh, sorry, seven and six in the games where Jokic played. Even though Nikola was in all of those minutes, his personal net rating was only plus 1.1 per 100 possession in the clutch. And this is why the the, the actual uh, record is 7-6. and six. And it was not because he was not playing well. It was because of who was he playing with. If we take a look at the past seasons in 18-19, 
they were 31 and 13 in clutch games. In uh-huh. 1920, they were 29 and 14. Even uh-huh. last year, even though they lost Jamal, uh, you know, for the second half of the season, they were 18 and 13. Yeah, but you see, you I mean, know, the, Jamal the, only played you know, in 19 of those games. So now the most dynamic guard on the roster is Will Barton, who played his best minutes this season in first quarters, not in fourth quarters. Yeah, yeah. And he actually didn't play against the Clippers. After him, we have Monte, and he hasn't really been himself since he returned from the health and safety protocols. We're still waiting for the yeah. for the right Monte. After that, Austin Rivers, you know, he's a ball stopper. And he's in reality a third string player today. Adam mentioned on the Lockdown Nuggets on Thursday that the Nuggets should try and play more freely and faster in the fourth quarter. Nuggets are so slow in the fourth quarter, and that might be the, the way to to get out of that uh, of that uh, half court offense because you don't have players that are good enough for the half court sets. Try to run a bit at this moment the fastest pace of all the players in fourth quarter is Nikola Jokic and he's 200th in the league at pace in in fourth quarter so they're really really slow this season and I'm not trying to make a scapegoat out of Malone saying that he is the problem on the team his team was getting better each year with him until the injury bug attacked them creating new players are uh, extremely difficult during the season with no practices between the games. So I get why you need to that top-level talent to win those close games. But there are things Nuggets could do to maximize Jokic minutes and hope we will finally see it against the good teams soon. Maybe yeah, play yeah. a bit bigger. Play a bit bigger. Just maybe, don't play yeah, like three guys, six, three and smaller in yeah, every crunch minute. Yeah. That, that might help. Well, yeah, the, yeah. To be fair, and then it's uh, you know again like with Malone, I think so far maybe he is maybe failing that that like clutch test, you know, clutch plays uh, and rotations test because of so many injuries, and maybe you know it's yeah, you know, he's also human and he has to learn uh, because it's so easy when you have Nikola Jokic just to be like giving the ball because he's been so good so far. But again, you had Jamal and you had that flow go, and then that gave you, like, such good results because everyone else, you know, and then you have Michael Porter, you know, shooting and everything else around that, around them. Uh, so I can see it, like, right now to be like, why would I do anything else than just give the ball to Jokic? But when the defense is a little tightened up and change and some of the, you know, the actual defense around Jokic get tighter because they know uh, that's the, the that's where the Nuggets are going to go. That's where I, I know, you know, the Clippers game looks so... Uh, so if you, but for the record, for me that Clippers game, I, I didn't see it as as a great game overall. Even when they were up twenty five, I was watching the replay. I was like, this is if you weren't watching the score, you wouldn't think. I at least from my perspective, I wouldn't think they were up that much because there was. I think it was a lot of sloppy basketball in that game, and then it just kind of caught up with them when Clippers started doing some uh, some good things for for their end. So. Um, let's let's uh, keep it moving, and we'll go to like some of the some of my worst things. It's one of those like things I've, I didn't really encounter. Until, if this like, wasn't bad enough, let's let's go further. Yeah, if this wasn't yeah. Like my so my worst things like staying up for the Nuggets while watching them, uh, you know, in the middle of the night because I'm I live in America. For people that don't know, I study over there in Nebraska, so I'm in this you know one one plus time zone. 
So I watched him in like regular evening and here it's seven, you know, eight hours from Denver time and it's middle of the night. So we have our guy Milan from Nugget Serbia podcast. Like he does this all the time. Like I could, and I'm on and off depending on the time and I watch the replays. Uh, I don't know how he does it. I understand why he's like losing his nerves a lot of times because watching, you know, I watched the D- Dallas game. Like I was cranky the entire day afterwards. And then you watch it like, you know, I have to mute it because, you know, my parents are in the other room uh, sleeping, have to go to work in the morning. And I see my dad, like when a game's ending, like he comes in ready for work, we watch the game. So that's one of my worst things. When they win, it's all great. But, but like keeping up with them while, you know, while in the middle of the night struggling, you know, blowing a 25 point lead or like struggling in the closing minutes against Dallas, you know, without, you know, with Luca and like without, Porzingis, like it's very, very irritating. Like I mean, you you've been doing this more than I do. What's what's your take on that? How do you feel? Yeah, actually, actually, I was watching all the games live up to one year ago. In this calendar, last calendar year, I stopped yeah. doing it. It's it, it's a very personal story. I had coronavirus for the New Year's last year, and I oh, was yeah. sleeping for like sixteen hours per day for two weeks because of it. And I really fell in love with sleeping. So <laughs> basically, that's the only reason. I, I haven't watched a single Nuggets game this season live, apart from oh, those in, in the, in the Euro-friendly time. So, yeah, I, I'm still like three years older than Milan. So maybe he will caught up to me and just stop watching. Yeah, Although, maybe. I think he's quite crazy, so probably he'll he'll continue. Even yeah, he's the best. He's old, the best. Like, he, yeah, because it's really fun for me too when I'm when I'm over there. Like we we you know we text all the time because he's the only one up uh, from our crew. And, and Mislove is on and off. And he when he watches, he doesn't want to text. So like even if he's watching, uh, he doesn't talk to us. So Mila and I, and you can see like the flow of the game based on live chats in the middle of the night. And and here the kind of this honestly this kind of period when I'm here brought me back to like high school when I was watching the playoffs. You know, and then go to school. Uh, and I don't know how I did it. And I don't know how the guys do the broadcast at like three in the morning till five or like last night's game was at four. You can basically just give up on sleeping if you're going to stay up till four and, and you know, rewind, rewind the day. So that's my, you know, well, a funny worst thing uh, this time. Hopefully by next show, I'll be in, I'll be in the States. So I'll be watching normal games. Uh, and then let's, let's finish up with our Inat's moment of the week. This is this was the, the the jacked up three that Jokic did at the end of the Clippers games. We're not gonna we're not gonna like talk too much about this. It's one of those things that you know the they not the word not was invented for uh, for Serbians and it's their like um, it's I mean it's their it's our uh, behavior that we exhibit at certain situations like utter defiance in spite of great odds or complete proud stubbornness to the point of self destruction. So we saw last week's show. Jokic had the good good Inat moment this week. We see that he had a <laughs> had a bad one. Uh, nine seconds left. He can get a timeout and just screw it. I'm just gonna um, I'm just gonna shoot a three and see if we can win it now because I'm not going overtime with this game. Uh, so I was kind of fed up. Like quick thoughts. Just what, what, what do you think? What did you think when you saw that? Yeah, Serbians have a long tradition of trying to solve everything with the last second three. It started in '92 when Sasha Djordjevic did it in the final game of the Euroleague for Partizan against Juventud Badalona. Then it continued in 97. That was the first game between Serbia and Croatia after the war. And it was solved by, again, Sasha Djordjevic 3 in the last second. 
and then in 2010, Milos Teodosic scored a three uh, in the last second against Jorge Garbajosa and yeah. Spain. And the reason it was crazy, it was it was uh, even score. It wasn't even a one point advantage for Spain, and he still pulled out like a, a eight meter uh, or was that 24 feet away from from uh, from the basket and he just oh, it was like 30 plus yeah, uh, 30, 30 plus yeah yeah my calculations are not correct so yeah he, uh, we have a tradition Jokic didn't want to play the overtime he took the shot and he, yeah. he could have got it so i get it why he did it he yeah. was probably angry as well it is what it is so uh we'll we'll uh end it here with all you guys uh a serbian fact a week have a good one uh, for next week um it's good you know we'll, we'll, you know tune in and see what we're going to talk about it's really cool um so yeah to follow us you know us on twitter we have our handles on the screen uh and then everyone on you know dmvr youtube channel subscribe uh follow all the guys on twitter dmvr sports and dmvr nuggets uh, we'll be here every week for the weekly recap. They have the shows every day, post game, pre game. We're doing this today on Friday because we have the game. There's two games back to back tomorrow and and Sunday. So, thanks everyone for watching. Idemo uh, Nagetsi. Let's go Nuggets. Idemo uh, Nagetsi. Have, have a good one.